Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, everybody. This is the Angels Podcast, and I am Adam Riggs with my co-host, Matt Gallant. Hey, everybody. I am Matt Gallant, and uh, we are here on the Believe Podcast Network, and that's Believe, B-L-E-A-V, Adam. It's play on play on the whole Believe thing. I like it. You know, Believe Podcast Network is Los Angeles's number one sports podcast network. It is the only place with a show for every team in L.A. and more. Um, and guys, if you enjoy this show, what do they what do they have to do, Adam? Yeah, please subscribe. We're we're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. And once again, that's B-L-E-A-V dot com and at B-L-E-A-V podcasts. And here's the thing. If you like us, please rate the show on iTunes. And in the description, write a question like, Adam, how did you get stuck with Matt? Or Matt, how did you get so lucky to work with Adam? And we'll try to answer your questions on the show. And guys, Adam, hey, this is our first show. And I want you to think of it out there as remember when you bought your first glove, it was a little, you know, a little hard to break in, but then you loved it. That's what we're going to be. We're going to be like your favorite glove, not the glove you bought at Walmart, but the glove you got from Rawlings or Mizuno, like the high end glove. Right. That's right. That's (laughs) right. It takes a little time to break in, but once it's broken in, you'll never give it away. Exactly. And you won't let anybody else wear it. That's so uh, I am, uh, I'll tell everybody who I am. I am Matt Gallant. I've been doing TV for, gosh, over 20 years. I am a huge, huge baseball fanatic. And Adam, as you know, I'm one of those uh, annoying older guys who still plays in a baseball league, wood bat league, um, still trying to hold on to that dream. <laughs> that I yes, you're one of those guys that pays to play baseball that doesn't get paid to play baseball, exactly. which, which I don't understand. In fact, I got a thing from my uh, the guy running my team. He's like, yeah, Gallant, you owe me 500 bucks. And I'm like, oh, man, duh, OK, I'll get you that money. So, we're, I, yeah, I do. I pay to play, but I love the game. And um, that's why I'm excited to be doing this with you. And tell everybody where, about you, Adam. I know you played 15 years of professional baseball. Yeah. So, um, like you said, I played 15 years of professional baseball. I played 11 here in the United States. I played four in Japan. Um, finished my career here in the United States uh, with the Angels in 2003 and 2004. Uh, the last game I played in the United States um, was when uh, we lost to uh, the Boston Red Sox um, on a, a um, home run by Big Poppy off uh, Washburn over the left uh, the left field wall, uh, the walk-off home run, and uh, they ended up winning the World Series that year. So, uh, Dude, I remember that. Uh- I remember that game very well. Yeah. Yep. I saw it from the dugout. It was uh, that was a great game. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero was single-handedly uh, pulling us through that last month. Uh, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Probably the best baseball that uh, that uh, I've experienced in my life. So now I'm uh, now I'm sitting here with you, Matt, and uh, putting on a podcast. Let's jump right into the Angels. Uh, so let's take a look at some of the stuff. Two and six. Uh, not the greatest starts, but before we start talking about the, you know, the record, we've got to talk about Mike Trout. All right. So let's, let's take a look at this. He's a team leader in hitting 375, three home runs, leading the team, 
leading the team in RBIs, leading the team in on-base percentage, leading the team in hits. Not shocking, but probably not the thing you're going to want from just one guy. The Angels are going to have to start getting some offense. I mean, what's your perspective on the start of the season so far? You know, I'm amazed. I'm amazed at how well he's actually doing. Um, really? Why is that? I am. I am because, I mean, let's take the night he hits uh, He hits two home runs and, and basically wins the game by himself. Right. Um, you know, I'm amazed that they're pitching to him, to tell you the truth. Um, you had Bohr hitting behind him, who's batting, what, zero... Eight zero at this point. Yeah, he's hitting um, 0, 080. Yeah, and he was basically 0 for 3 in that game. And aside from Calhoun, who has two home runs, and Trout has three, that no one else on that team has a home run. Um, I just don't see why you would actually give Mike Trout a pitch to hit at this point. Um, now Upton's out. We know that. Otani's out. When those mm-hmm. guys get back, you know they'll have a pretty formidable top four guys in their uh, in their lineup. We had talked um, before about the difference between having a stretch like Justin Bohr's having now, you know, 25 at bats, um, what two hits? You have that in, in the middle of the season, say it's July, August. It's not going to be as big of a deal, right? You had mentioned that as, you know, the beginning of the season. Can you talk about that a little bit as a player? You know, you come out of the gate slow and like like Cole Calhoun did last year. He came out, was hitting under what, under 200 and then finished at 208. That has to be brutal as a as a professional ball player and a starter. As an athlete, you have to always think, hey, I can play. And most of these guys uh, in the big leagues, they got there because they have grit. You know, they get there because they're they're confident and uh, good athletes. They get their confidence from uh, inside, not results. Right. And so, right. Um, you, you know, it, it's almost like you brainwash yourself. I mean, I, I can remember when I was in Japan and I was talking to one of uh, the foreign scout out there and uh, I, I had my body was just breaking down and I had injuries and I was hitting man, I was hitting low, low 200s. And uh, and I'm telling the guy and I'm like, look, man, I can play, you know, like right. in my mind, it was just a little bump in the road. And he's like, look at your numbers, man. You know, it's like he, he was being honest with me. Uh, and I appreciated that, but were you acting like the dude who is, has the comb over and just isn't embracing the fact that he is balding, you know, you yeah, see those guys yeah. and you see yeah, pretty go, much, pretty yeah, much, you know, like, man, listen, just, you know what? I'll pay for the Clippers. Just shave that head already. <laughs> exactly. But you know, it's one of those things that, uh, you have to, believe in yourself, you know, you have to say, and especially in baseball, in baseball, I mean, you know, you know, the adage three hits out of 10, you fail seven times. You're, right. you're an all-star. Okay. Uh, in order to make it that far, in order for these guys to, to make it that far and to be playing in the big leagues, I mean, you've got your top 1% that are just gifted by God and, and can basically roll out of bed and hit, but the right, other guys, the Mike Trouts, right, yeah, guys. the Mike Trouts, uh, you know, uh, 
you know, guys like that, I mean, those guys are just blessed. I mean, they were built to hit. They were, I mean, I played with a guy, Paul Konerko. That guy could just hit, man. He'd roll out of bed and hit. I mean, the guy was uh, a perfectionist, but, I mean, he was just gifted by God. Couldn't run out of his shadow. Couldn't couldn't lift. I mean, his bench was barely 135. Wow. Uh, but I'll tell you, when he hit the ball, that ball just went. So oh, he, yeah, um, dude, he, I remember Konerko. He was a he was a monster. Yeah. Oh, he's amazing, amazing. Most most natural hitter I think I've ever seen. Uh, but but again, uh, in order to get to that level, um, you've got to go through times when you're you know when you're one for twenty or you're or you're two for thirty and uh, and you're struggling. You just hope the organization gives you long enough to uh, to battle out of it. But but as soon as you start doubting yourself. Um, Man, that's uh that that's a tough one, and 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 that's it. When when you start doubting yourself and you start uh, start really pressing, that's when things roll downhill, and uh, and it just kind of it kind of rolls you over. And dude, you know what we haven't even addressed? Nineteen years with Sosha, and now he's gone. You know, you get Osmus in there, and uh, I was, as you know, I was down in uh, spring training, mm-hmm. and uh, went over to the to the angels and it was crazy there's there's the manager brad osmus in catcher's gear and he's he's catching these guys the bullpen i'm like how many managers do you see do that i mean this guy looked like he could still play he was so fit you had to like do a double take you're like oh yeah he's got some wrinkles he does look old you know what i mean he was fit (laughs) yeah yeah he was i mean you're like hey there's a guy who's uh you know, if they said, hey, dude, we need an extra guy, he could go out and probably get a hit. Yeah, that's that's, 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 that's crazy. crazy. That's crazy. It, it it really is. And, and you know, you, you're starting to see um, some younger guys uh, getting their shots. And, um, you know, it's just it's just the way, you know, even football's going that way. Right. Um, so with McVeigh. But but, you know, so I've known Mike Sosha for geez. Uh, ever since with the Dodgers, he used to be the coach, uh, coach uh, over over with the Dodgers. He managed me in AAA, managed me in the Fall League, uh, oh, wow. had him as a bench coach with the Dodgers. Um, here's a story: when I was, I signed. Uh, what was it? Uh, um, one year I signed with the Tigers, and hmm. uh, I got released in spring training, and uh, couldn't get a job. Went to Mexico, came back. I mean, this is a long year. Uh, came back, uh, played with the uh, the Cardinals in Memphis, and I could not get a job the next year. Nobody oh, wanted me. Oh. I, I just, I was almost done. I called up uh, Mike Sosha and I said, "Hey, you know, I uh, I need a job." That was in, uh, I believe it was 2002. Yeah. I said, "Mike, I need a job, man." And he said, "Okay, man, I got you." And uh, we we had a good conversation. The next day, my uh, my agent called me. And he said, "Hey, man, uh, I got uh, you're, you're going to a camp, big league camp with the Angels." So I went from. Oh, and did he say in, he got you that? Did no, he, like, no, 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 <laughs> no. He, he. I think he knew. Uh, we, we had talked, and I said, "Hey, man, uh, you know, I, I, I gave Sosha a call, but, uh, but so not only." did I get signed? I went to big league camp and that just doesn't happen. You know, uh, that dude is one of the best human beings I've ever met in my life. Him, uh, Ron Renicky, Mickey Hatcher, uh, the, all those guys from the Dodgers that, that I had in the minor leagues, uh, that were, were with the angel staff. Uh, those guys were, 
amazing guys. And uh, I can't, uh, I mean, I owe so much to Mike Sosha. He's, he's the type of guy, I mean, I've had some managers that, you know, they only care about what you do on the field. Um, but, but this guy, you knew he cared uh, about you as a person and um, cared about you and, and, and not, not what you can do for the team or what you do on the field. So uh, he's a very special guy and, you know, he'll be missed in that locker room. There's no doubt. We had fun, uh, him and Joe Madden and, um, you know, oh, buddy. Yes, that's wow. right. You were there with Joe Madden. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That that's, that's an all-star lineup right there. If you look at it. So, uh, man, did we have some fun that we, we had some spring training, uh, we had some, some spring training meetings where people, you know, were, were basically had cramps afterwards. They were laughing so hard. So, uh, <laughs> It was a it was a great place to be in it and, and man I enjoyed my t- my two years there more than any other time in in my career it was amazing. Yeah, that's I mean that's what you hear about the guy. It's uh it's got to be tough for him after I mean think about it 19 years, you know, and then it's like okay longer than that right because he had his playing career. Well, he, he well he managed I mean he managed them for 19. It, he yeah, just that yeah. long. So think about all that time in a game that you love. And then one day it's just like, as you know, you're just, okay, well, we're going to make a change. I mean, that's gotta be. I got to talk to him about that because, uh, um, you know, it happened for me. Um, there was, you, you go through, for me, it was only 15 years, right? So I played 15 years and every, every morning you wake up and you have a goal and you're, and you have a plan and you have a, you know, you, you're basically have a routine. And then one day you, you wake up, you open your eyes and you go, okay, what do I do? You, you know, it just, it just hits you. Um, and, and you just, nothing can prepare you for that moment. Um, and, and I'm not saying my identity is wrapped up in baseball. And I said, Oh, oh yeah, you know, I mean, who am I? it wasn't that it was, what do I do? What's my goal right. today? You know? I mean, that has to be hard when you, uh, you know, as a growing up, that's what you wanted to do. You get a chance to do it. You're doing it. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, yeah, it's over. I mean, yeah, how, nobody wants you. Yeah. How do you, I mean, and, and, and look at some of these free agents now. I mean, baseball yeah. has become the super, you know, superstar, big money guys. And then the really, you know, inexpensive young guys. And these 30 something, there's guys out there that are good. Had a really good seasons last year, but yeah, right now and it's not happening. That's got to be so hard. I think what players miss the most, and they, and, and I can't speak for everybody, but what I miss the most is going in there um, with 12, uh, 25 other guys, right? 25 other players and a coaching staff that that all have one goal and um, that that we're very similar. No matter where you're from, you're very similar in uh in what you do on every day and how you think and uh and uh those are your those are your friends and it's and it's um it's just such a it's such a joy to be around um those guys you know and then when that's taken away it there's a big there's a big piece missing you know there's a there's oh, a yeah, big big piece of yeah i mean i it's, it's like for the common man that would be like hey we're closing down your favorite bar you can never go there again oh, right what? Right. You know what or, I mean? or you can't go golfing with your with your, you know, your foursome or your, right. you know, 16 man, uh, you know, uh, golf league or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. I'm just curious. What is it like, you know, you as a fan, 
uh, I look at, I watch, you know, I'm sitting there like the Red Sox, they're on up what this unbelievably long West Coast swing before the season even starts, right? How mm. how do you how do you do that kind of travel and still go out and perform on a, an elite level? I know it's preparation and all that stuff, but I mean, how, how the hell do you do that? It just doesn't seem it's not normal. It's hard. It's harder in the minor leagues to say the truth because you're flying coach or you're taking a bus, right? I mean, at least these guys, when you fly, you know, in the big leagues, you you're, you're flying, you know, a chartered plane. You know, you've you've got, um, you know, you're staying in the nicest hotels. You got a, you know, the big charter buses picking you up uh, right there. Um, you know, you don't you don't go through an airport or didn't used to. I don't know what it is now, but uh, we didn't go to the airport unless we were coming home uh, back to back, back to L.A. Um but yeah, I mean, it takes, it, it definitely takes its toll, but, but they do, the club takes care of you and, um, right. and, and it, the travel, the travel is pretty fun. I mean, those, those flights are fun. I mean, you got your group that plays cards, you got your, I mean, I remember Todd Zeal used to, uh, when we would take off, he would, he would be all the way on, uh, one side of the plane and, uh, and he would stand on a, uh, both of the, uh, like they used to have these trays that they would uh, come and serve food with Well, he'd put two of them down he would surf the whole aisle as we took off um yeah yeah it 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 was fun i mean uh trevor hoffman when i was with the uh, um the padres would play music on his uh on his he'd have a boom box and most kids probably don't even know what that is now but uh he'd play that in the back of the plane and play the same song when you took off and when you land he'd play the same two songs teenage wasteland he that was his song every time we landed he'd he'd play that song so uh we had we had some good those plane flights are a lot of fun. You always have your gambling group. They'd lay down. You know, I didn't even know these seats can lay down. They would lay down the seats in the middle, have a big card table, and man, they uh, they they play the whole time. So uh, oh, you so know, it's, the, it's, the plane flights are pretty fun. They're, oh, they're that's pretty cool. Fun. Yeah, that's yeah. The, that's the stuff that you're, you usually don't think about because all I'm thinking about is sitting in coach next to this gigantic fat guy in the middle seat. Yeah, and I'm like spilling your, you know, spill into your seat. Yeah. Or snore. Yeah, it's or, almost uh, like uh, it's almost like Goodfellas. Remember Goodfellas when he's like, man, after he after he uh, you know got relocated and he's like, man, now I gotta live like a you know I don't I forget what the line was, but like an average sucker, you know. So right. So you know what I mean? He's yeah. uh, you know that that's kind of what it is. That's kind of what it's like. You just wake up one day and you're like, oh, okay, now uh, back to the know. masses. And, and and you realize how selfish you are too. You're like. Man, you know, because everybody's everybody's kind of set up around you, right? Getting you ready for the game, making yeah, sure you're like you're that. you're okay, right? And and making sure you're ready to perform. And then all of a sudden, you know, that just ends. <laughs> you yeah. know, especially when you have kids. Now you're getting them ready for school. Yeah, exactly. You, you, you go from number one to like number five in line. You're number yeah. dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're right behind the dog. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. What do you mean you ate the last banana? What? Right, right. <laughs> it was Jimmy's. It was for his lunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. You know, you watch these games. You get so passionate, you forget that these guys, these are you're human. You're a human being. You drive to work. You take a shower. You brush your teeth. You go to the bathroom. You know, you've got relationship issues. You've got all this. Except your job is a high profile physical job where 
you know what? If you're not performing, everybody knows it. Now, if you're Joe Smith and you work in accounting and you're doing a shitty job, nobody knows, but your boss, if you're, you know what I mean? So that's, I think people forget that, you know, being a player is you're, you're a human being, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot that goes into it. You know, there's, I mean, you might've had a new baby and you're not sleeping for the first three months or, you know, you're, you're, you're a guy that gets sent up and down like me where you're like, man, if I don't get this bunt down, I could be, uh, you know, making one tenth of what I'm making right now. Yeah, what's that you know, like? Tomorrow, you know, what's that it's- like as a guy, cause you see this a lot and they're doing it a lot in baseball, obviously for financial reasons with some of these young guys, they've got some, you know, they, they're able to send them down. What is that like as a player to go, okay, I'm going up there. I know I'm, I might only be up there for a few weeks. What does that do to your psyche? It's 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 difficult, right? I mean, because th- there's different, you know, different organizations treat treat things differently, right? Uh, and it depends on the player. It's uh, you know, a guy like you know, let's say like guy like Paul Canerco back in the day coming up, right? Mm-hmm. He 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 got sent up and down with the Dodger, and he was kind of gun shy a little bit. I remember talking to him about this, and then he went over to the, the Reds and, and eventually got traded to the White Sox and started off a little slow. And I remember him telling me, man, I was so worried that they were going to send me down, but it, you know, they had so much invested in him, and he was such a good player. They just knew that. You know, this guy's going to play. He's going to hit. And, um, you know, they were ready to ride it out with him. And and I think there comes a point as a player that you go, you know, something clicks and you say, OK, I can play here. You know, right. I'm good. I can play here. And and it has to happen, um, and whether it's the manager saying, look, you're going to play the next. You know, I've heard other players say the manager walks up to him and says, look, you're going to play for three months. I don't care what you do. Just compete. You know, and and it's getting comfortable and it's getting to the point where you're secure and you don't have a fear of failure. So when you have that fear of failure where you're like, man, if I don't, you know, if I don't get a hit here or I don't, you know, I don't uh, get this bunt down here, I could be gone the next day. Right. Um, oh, you so can't that's, perform. How do that's you perform tough, that way? That's yeah. a tough, you know, it's just a tough way to go. I mean, different people are made up differently. Um, mm-hmm. I think that some guys, you know, they're able to stay in the moment, trust mm-hmm. the process and, and, um, and, and get the job done. Other guys, you know, think about consequences. I mean, you see it all the time in golf. All of a sudden the guy starts missing a four foot putt, right? He never yeah. missed it when he was younger. He, he understands the gravity of, you know, the consequences if he doesn't. And that's the trick, right? The trick is to, to, to think about the process and follow the process and you have to remove yourself from um, from the results. Yeah, it's a power, power of the mind. You know, I've read a lot of no doubt. power no doubt. of positive thinking and you become what you think about. I look, OK, I, this is really for me, because like I said, I play. I, I still play, if you call it that. Um, when you stepped up to the plate, OK, what was your thought process? I mean, obviously, you know the pitcher. You you kind of know what he throws in certain situations. But what's your mindset? Are you thinking, I'm going to crush this? You know, I just want to, you know, I want to get a hit. I want a homer. What what were you thinking when you were stepping in the box? You know, it, it, you try to think about what your plan is going to be. You develop your plan. You 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 always know who's pitching. They go over that. They they go over his numbers. You know, fastballs 92 to 94. Sliders 88. 
Uh, he's got a change up, likes to throw this with two strikes. Um, they, they go through the tendencies. And, you know, they got a lot more data nowadays as far as, you know, mm. spin rate and hop and, and you know, uh, all of that other stuff. But but you have all that. You take that and you say, okay, what what are my strengths and, you know, what am I trying to do up here? And, and for me, it was mostly, hey, look, I'm trying to hit a fastball. I'm trying to hit a fastball in the fat part of the plate, and then with two strikes, I'm I'm battling. And and uh, you know, I, I think through the years for me, um, you know, I had I, I had basically had that that type of plan that hey, I'm gonna hit a fastball, I'm gonna dominate a fastball, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to take the you know lay off the 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 slider, you know, and lay off the off speed and and uh, but but then I I I you know I I remember telling you this so. When we got Vladimir Guerrero on the Angels, I was watching him hit, and and I had never really been around a guy like that for. And I played with a lot of good players, but this guy, mm-hmm. I mean, I I never seen him take a swing where he didn't finish hot. You know, he was right. when he swung, he swung, and and it, it was amazing. He he all he never got cheated ever, and uh, the guy was so aggressive that I started watching him and I was like, man, this, I want to play like this guy. And so I kind of changed up my mentality to where I said, you know, I'm going to sit and get something over the, you know, the heart of the plate and I'm going to let it go. And I would, I would take my best swing. If that ball hit and bounced in front of the plate, I was like, okay, that's just a strike. Well, I'm going to take another best swing. Whereas before I would say, I would get really mechanical and say, get your foot down early. Let me see it earlier. Let me wait on it. And, and all of a sudden I'm hitting with two strikes when I don't have two strikes. So man, I'll tell you the last part of my career here in the States, I just went up there and I pretended like I was Vladimir Guerrero, you know? Nice. (laughs) That's that's, you know what though? It's, it's funny because when you think about it in life or in sports, uh, you know, if I think I stink, because you can't really if you're thinking, how are you going to just let yourself react? Right. I mean, obviously, you're thinking about situational hitting when you're up. But mm-hmm. if you just let it take, you know, you let your natural ability take over. Uh, I think I don't know. Says, no, no, I'm with you. you got to commit. Right? The guy who's, a, who's barely hitting 300 in his men's league. Um, <laughs> I want to ask you, I'm looking at a picture of you when you're on the Angels, number nine. Mm-hmm. You're wearing the single wristband. You get the gloves. Were you a uh, were you a big swag guy? Like you know, I I'm you know you look at baseball now. They're trying to really focus it to get the millennials, the younger guys, into the you know kids watching the game. So they're letting players wear different color spikes now, and they've got the you know the stance socks. They're all you know they're different than they were in the past, so they're more colorful and. You know, they're coming out with all the different uniforms and all that stuff. Um, what was your deal? Like, I I like the old school stuff. I like the black spikes. You know, I like, yeah, wristband, that's fine. But not, you know, I'm not into, like, triple wristbands, the tape, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Stickers, you you know? know, I think I got a two-part answer for you on that. Okay. So, so when I was here in the States, I would have been a swag guy, but nobody wanted to give me anything, right? Oh. So, you know, you you gotta be you gotta be a Troy Gloss or a you know Vladdy or you know he didn't take it anyway, but but a uh, you know a Tim Salmon, a guy like that to have. Uh, then they give you anything they want. It's like the rich getting richer, right? 
you know, for me, you know, I had to, I had to like, like hound the guy to give me some stuff, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I still remember this day. Uh, I was, uh, one day I came out with a, a tight under armor shirt on and, uh, underneath my uniform. And, and I remember, uh, the, the bench, uh, Josh Paul was like, man, what are you doing wearing that? That's just flash, you know? And he was, he was messing with me. Cause you know, nowadays I wonder what he's saying about the guys, but, uh, but to to but but then when I went out to the uh, went to the uh, the Japanese league, that that's when things changed, man. Over there, they give you anything you want. And I mean, uh, I had a I had a deal with Under Armour where uh, you know I had my number on everything, my name on things. I had different color wristbands for home and away and matching gloves, man. I, yeah, I was I was a swag dude. And then and my the pro- favorite, what's that? <laughs> The pro swag is is a lot better than the stuff regular people get too, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So so you know, speaking of that, I mean, uh, I, one of my prized possessions was uh, so so the the, the all star guys get these cleats that have uh, you know the regular guys like me would get the Nike cleats with the black bottoms, and the 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 back in the day that the good good guys would get the Nike cleats with the uh, plastic white bottoms. It was all white. And uh, that's how you knew, you know, and, and, and you could get suede or you could get, um, uh, it would just be regular, the regular black, but the suede with the white bottom were like the coveted cleats back in the day. And I remember Erstad, Erstad gave me a, a pair of those. I still got them up in my closet, man. Oh, sure. right. These are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you the guy that, I, I love this guy. He, uh, I love Javi Baez because Javi oh, yeah. Baez, I mean, he is the swag king. Now I know we're talking angels here, but Javi Baez, dude, he's got the wrist tape. He's got the he's got his his wristbands up by his forearms. He's got the glasses. He's got the eye black stickers oh, yeah. under the glasses. I'll tell you, man, yeah. it's uh, yeah. Hey, if you can rock it, why not, right? But you got to be good. Yeah, why not? Gotta Why not, good. man? If I had if I had as many home runs as him too, I'd be doing the same thing, man. <laughs> it's like think about this. It's like remember when you were a kid growing up, and you'd go out and uh, be it skiing or baseball, or whatever, and you saw the new guy had all the. It was usually the kids with all the brand new stuff that usually sucked. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like when I was a kid, you know, God forbid, or even now, like in these men's leagues, you don't see. Any guys you see with sweat, like too many wristbands or all that shit, you're sitting there going, come on, dude. You can't cover up the fact that you're 45 and you can't hit. <laughs> I don't no, I think it's great. I think it's great for the uh, I think it's great for the game. I think that, uh, you know, the younger the younger crowd likes that. They like all that stuff. And, um, you know, it, I think basketball does a really good job with that. Um, oh, yeah. And and look, it, it makes money, right? Like it makes money for the um, you know, for Nike and Adidas and Franklin and you know, it's it's uh, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's I think it's a pretty cool thing. You no, know? I think it's cool too. I just I I'm just uh, I was always just bitter because I couldn't really pull it off, you know. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I couldn't I couldn't pull off the double wristbands or the I just couldn't do it because guys would give me enough grief anyway because I worked in can TV. You, can, could you fit Could you fit two wristbands on those arms? Oh man, are you kidding? <laughs> I have like Popeye forearms. <laughs> I've got child-sized wrists with Popeye-sized <laughs> forearms. And I'll tell you what, my uh, yeah. And so the guys used to call me Velas- Velociraptor. 
because of my uh my 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 wrists were skinny and my forearms are so big yeah <laughs> interesting yeah exactly oh so hey i uh I, i'm looking over some of the stuff here and, and you know the thing i really think uh is interesting right now about baseball and we had uh we had discussed this before we started today was this extension craze that's going on i mean have you ever seen anything like it it's unbelievable like these guys what's happening to baseball these ownership is going i'm gonna lock this dude up before he gets mike trout money or before you know what i mean it's it's insane yeah yeah yeah. you know i i have back back in the day when when the uh, nationals were the expos they did a really really good job of locking their guys up you know they had a good first year they were young man and they tried to sign those guys for as long as they could take out a couple arbitration years a couple free agent years and um give them some guaranteed money mm-hmm. and um and and lock them up and what what i think we're seeing now was xander's contract six years 120 you got a kunis contract eight years 100 uh, which can be actually you know the, an option for 10 years 124 um these guys are going to be 32 31 years old when they uh when their contract ends right so right i think what you're trying what they're trying to avoid is this the the contract where you're giving a 32 year old guy an eight-year contract or uh you know what i'm saying because these guys are trying you know the harpers the machados the uh you know obviously trout um, mm-hmm. I, I endorse it and I'm, and, and I'm still, I'm still going to ask for more money for him. But, uh, you know, right. those guys, they're trying to, they're trying to eliminate the back end of a contract that's $35 million and a guy's batting 220 or, or he's, or he's, you know, he's just wasting a roster spot at that point. Right. So that you, really yeah. And you look at it and I'm only saying this and I'm not hating cause I love Albert Pujols, but you look at, at Pujols's contract and the fact that this guy he plays hard. He busts his ass out there, but he's had a sh- ton of injuries, right? Yeah. And and he is, you know, he's a guy that's still productive. However, you know, the Angels are going to be paying him for how many more years as his numbers have, have gradually gone down due to due to injuries, right? Yeah, and I think I think you know, in the maybe in the beginning of his contract, um, maybe he was, you know, I don't I don't know the specifics, but. Um, a lot of times you see, you know, they, they, you know, they, they deserve that. They're not deserved, but they, they're, they're almost underpaid in the beginning. But at the end, when it, when it hits the end, I mean, Albert, Albert is a hall of famer, you know, oh, God, one yeah. of the greatest players to play the game, great human being, great person. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know him too well, but I've spent some time around him and it's just an amazing guy. Um, but you know, let's 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 be honest. I mean, I'm sure he would tell you himself that you know his body. You know, you get to a point, and I got to a point in my career where, you know, the brain has a way of thinking that is like, okay, that there's the ball, you know, hit it. And sometimes when you get older, the body just can't follow the brain, right? The brain the brain thinks you can still do it, but the body doesn't respond. Uh, and I think I think it's pretty apparent. I mean, there's there's been some pitches to 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 Bulls this year that, you know, if you threw that at a at his younger age, 
I mean, you you wouldn't get that ball back. You know, right, it, it, right. Would, it would be hurting somebody in the left field, uh, you know, the upper upper deck in left field. So, you know, um, I think, you know, if you look at Christian Yelich's contract, right, his they're starting to see these guys. They play they play a season or, or, or half a season and they go, OK, this is a can't miss guy. They signed right. Yelich seven years, 49 million uh, dollar contract. He still has three years remaining on that contract. Um, after this year, so, which is absurd too. think about this, not to cut you off, but mm-hmm. think about that. This guy MVP last year. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Randall Gritchick just got a five year, $52 million extension. He's making better money than the MVP of the national league. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's, that's called, that's called a, a, a team friendly contract. Yeah, <laughs> right? I would say, man, that's just, that's just, it's, it's but, crazy, but you know but what? It's see smart these guys. These guys are, are saying, okay, look, you know, I want to be here. I want to be where I'm at and I'll take mm-hmm. less for guaranteed money. Right. And so at this point, I'm sure these guys are like, I mean, a lot of these, like Acuna is one year in and he says, look, I want to be here in Atlanta. And, uh, and so, He's willing. He's willing to maybe take less, but have more years and have the security of 124 million dollars. I mean, you know, someone someone asked me to sign that right now. I, I think uh, I think we're both signed on that dotted line, oh, aren't we? Are you kidding? I'd take yeah. a free lunch. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but you look at some of these things, and and it's interesting because you look at a guy like Paul Goldschmidt. Okay, 31 years old, right? He was just he's been a monster for how many years in the National League? The Diamondbacks got rid of him because of his age, thinking, oh, we don't want to sign this guy. Well, what's he do? He turns around and signs for five years, 130 million uh, with St. Louis. I mean, you're taking a risk. And I I think with that guy in particular, he would have been a guy to keep uh, because he's a, a high end guy in the sense that he's a good citizen. Yep. He plays hard every day. I just think baseball is, uh, you know, the, the ownership is, is um, you know, they're kind of getting wise and trying to get these guys before they get old. Because let's face it, 10 years ago, you had a lot of guys in their 30s, like Justin Verlander, who's 36 now, still being productive. Nowadays, yeah. not so much, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. No, it's. Uh, I think they're getting smarter. I think they're seeing these these back ended contracts that they can't sell for pennies on the dollar. And, and it's, it's, it's something that really, really hamstrings you as far as, you know, going out and getting somebody, getting somebody else that's probably more productive at, at the level of salary that you're giving them. So, you know, it's, it's basically, you know, it's, it's a tough call. And I think they're starting to see these contracts. And that's why I think, I mean, even with Harper and Machado, it wasn't, I mean, there wasn't 15 clubs battling out over these guys, you know, that it really wasn't it in, in, you know, it's, it's not, it's, I think they're changing their thought process and they're saying, look, I got to get these guys one year, two years in, I got to wipe their arbitration out and get some free agent years where the back end of that contract I might be paying them 20 to 25 a year, but they're worth 20 to 25. And when they get there 10 years from now, inflation with inflation, they're oh, underpaid. Yeah. They're know? underpaid. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I mean, my my favorite back end uh, 
contract of all time is Bobby Bonilla on the Mets. I think the Mets are still paying that guy, and he hasn't played in like 10 years. Yeah, he is the greatest agent of all time. I don't know who it was, but whoever set up that deal that, um, you know, that uh, allowed him to get paid the rest of his life. Man, oh, that's that amazing. Talk so about sweet. winning the lottery. Uh, I know. You know what's funny, and and this is the last guy I'll say about the contracts, is you look at a guy like uh, the Cubs just signed David Bodie, right? Five years, only $15 Now, I say only $15 Right. Could you imagine you're getting guaranteed here, dude? I'm going to give you $15 million to play a game that you love uh, for five years. Will you take it? What what do you say? Of course you (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. It's uh, well, um, it's life changing. Yeah, he had a hundred days of MLB service, and he gets, you know, I mean, talk about, you know, changing. Yeah, the I mean, look, they, the it's it's still a risk, right? I mean, it's still a risk on the team. Any any time you're getting a guy hundred days in or a year in, um, you're still you're still risking because you never you never know what's going to happen, right? Um, you, you never know what's happening to the guy mentally or or whatever it might. be. You know he's you know he's got some some serious talent and and he better be a high character guy better be yeah. a guy that uh, and and they know all this going in so it's a calculated risk um, they they do get a discount but you know they deserve a discount when they're when they're putting that much money out there for guys that that have only been in the league you know a year at the, at this point yeah no I I think it's I think it's smart smart baseball. And I think the, one of the teams that started doing that was the Red Sox where they're like, Hey, we'll pay you. We're not going to pay you for, for 10 years. We'll pay you a lot of money for four. Yeah. And I think that's five. where it's going. You're, you're right. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. And it's smart. And let's face it. It's, it's a, it's a different game. Um, my one last thought before we go to, I want to, I want to ask you about, uh, you know, top stories in the major league baseball last week. And I want to start by saying how, and I know it's early, but how awesome is Bryce Harper in Philadelphia. I mean, his enthusiasm is, uh, I wonder if it's going to last all season, like 162 games of fist pumping after a double and big backflips. Oh, uh, you, know? Yeah, you know what? With him, it can. And you know what? He he fits in. Like, he yeah. fits into the Philly, uh, you know, sports town. I mean, they're, how good is how good has it been to be a sports fan in Philly the last couple of years, right? So, you know, yeah. um, he fits in there. He's a guy that brings a lot of energy. He's a guy that has some serious flash. You know, they love it. They're eating it up. I mean, they it's uh what a fit. And he's performing and he's doing what he needs to do. I mean, he's um, you know, he's an impressive player. And um, you know, I I think I think that's a that's a real good fit. Now it's a different game now. Nowadays we've talked, you know, everybody talks about how it's a different game and how baseball wants the flash, they want the bat flips, you know, they want all this to just, you know, to to, to kind of get some joy back into the game. But as a player, Adam, I want to ask you, as a former player, so you're sitting in the in the in the dugout for the Nationals, and Harper hits that big home run a couple days ago, and and does it wasn't just a bat flip, it was a like ginormous, you know, you're in the big top at the circus bat flip towards your dugout are you gonna get pissed or no yeah you know what the, the answer to that is it depends who it is right 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 so so if you've got a guy that's not well liked in the clubhouse which which happens occasionally not as much as as you would think but mm-hmm. if you had a guy that 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 really wasn't liked and that he did that 
Yeah, he'd be he'd be wearing one the next time he came up. But right. uh, you know, you can tell those guys those guys love Harper, and yeah. um, I think it's I don't think it was malicious. I mean, he didn't stare in the dugout or, or right, right. He wasn't. You no, know, he he, he didn't or... pull a he didn't pull a um you know uh what's his name for the Dodgers when he licked his bat. The guy oh, licks his bat. don't even get me started. Sorry, on, on, sorry. On... When he when his <laughs> celebration of the World Series, it wasn't that, but it wasn't egregious. Yeah. I, but I think I think. Um, I think the the players nowadays are starting to um, relax a little bit about the don't show me up thing that that used to be so prevalent back when I played. Um, right. You know, back when I played, it was. I mean, I remember I looked back at the umpire one time in um, in uh, in uh, when I was with the Dodgers, we were playing in Denver, uh, in in uh, you know Coors Field, and I looked back. He called a strike, and I kind of looked back, and it wasn't like I wouldn't I didn't give him a look or anything. I just kind of looked back and. And the umpire's like, don't you look back here, kid, you know, and, and, you know, the next one was called like a foot outside, you know, just to show me, right. Like, don't show me up. Right. And I I remember going back in, uh, into the dugout and, uh, Manny Mota was in there. He was our hitting coach while Reggie Smith was, uh, he had surgery or something. And Manny's like, what are you doing up there? Why are you looking back? You know, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I I didn't have a clue what they were talking about. It's like, it wasn't like wasn't malicious or anything but but shoot you couldn't back in the day man you couldn't even watch the ball or you get hit you know it was one of those you hit it you put your head down you ran you did your you did your deal unless you were a big big time guy like a bonds or 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 somebody like that right so so i I think things are relaxed and i think that you know you see on these commercials let them play you know and i think that uh, yeah that's true and that's a big big marketing thing but what i think is funny is you know, like Harper or you got like uh, Mookie Betts last year, he hit that big home run. He did a little pirouette running the first. He's excited. People want to see that. I think it's I think it's only a problem when it's egregious like Puig World Series. You hit the home run. Great. You're psyched. You pump your fist. But kissing your biceps when it's like the third inning. What do you do? If I was a teammate of his, I would have been like, shut the fuck up. You are getting them riled up over there. Yeah, Yeah. I couldn't imagine the electricity, though. I mean, I I remember, you know, I remember playing playoff baseball is a is a completely different game. I mean, uh, I remember with the Angels back in uh, 04, we um, we were two games out with I want to say we're playing the A's at home and we were two games out. We had like nine games left. I want to say Texas, Seattle and then uh, finished in Oakland. And, um, it was a different game. Like that's, that's, that kind of changed my career as well. I mean, it was the last year I was here in the States, but you know, baseball is a funny game. Baseball is a game where you're, it's such a stat oriented game that, that you're basically chasing your stats. You want to put stats up so that you can, you know, hang on, play on the team the next year or, or get a contract or whatever. But it was kind of a time where it was like, nobody was playing for themselves it was i've never seen a team gel and a team just um you know just pull together and the excitement and the i mean you're always happy when 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 someone on your team does something you're always happy but i'm talking about christmas morning happy like i I remember vladimir guerrero probably hit 700 in the last 10 games of the season he hit probably four or five home runs couple grand slams he carried this team and it was such it was like the most exciting time that i've ever had in my life and and it's not that i was doing anything special i had a couple hits 
here and there. But uh, just to watch that happen and to to come back from two games with 10 to go, whatever it was, man, it, it was it, it it's truly a different it's like you're playing a different game. It's like these 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 men become 12 year old kids again and you see. Oh, yeah just the excitement and the um, the electricity that and you just can't wait to get to the ballpark every day you know it, it's, oh, it's I, I love it. I got chills right now thinking about it it's got to be I mean and you can see it too as a fan watching games on uh, you know watching the playoffs on TV you just I couldn't imagine being in that energy but even just watching the games on TV you can just see just it, it's almost like it's, it's a different level of competition. You know what I mean? It's like every guy is dialed in on every pitch. You know, they often talk about like middle of the season, dog days of August. You know, guys are tired. They're taking it bad off. But, you know, you get into the playoffs, man, every pitch seems to be it could be a game oh, changer. Yeah. And so, oh, I mean, it's that's like yeah. if you have so much adrenaline, man. You have so much adrenaline in your body. I swear your bat speed goes up. You're, you, I mean, it's like you, you I mean, I remember I, I had. I had one AB in the playoffs and I couldn't feel my arms. I mean, I was, I was so amped up that we, I, I forget who I faced. It was a lefty from Boston and a guy threw pretty hard and he threw me one up in my chest, up at my chest. And I fouled, I, I, I popped it up to the catcher, but on a normal day, I don't catch up to that ball. I just swing through it. But right. I was so, I was so amped up, man. I just was, I was looking for a fastball. He gave me one. It was out of the zone up, but but I still got to it. Didn't didn't square it up. But you you literally have so much energy. And and the last thing I'll say about this is, you know, baseball. You're so you get you can get down and you can get you know where you, if you make an out in a crucial situation or you or or you're struggling at the plate and you can you can turn your energies inward and think about yourself so much in those situations. But when you're in the playoffs, you can't. As soon right. as you make that out, you're like locked into the game again and you're pulling for your teammate. And you just that's the that's the way the game needs to be played and the way it should be played is where, you know, you you don't matter. The team is what matters. And, and right. when you right. have this much money, you know, and you have this much pressure and, and this much coverage and uh, on television and, and in the in the papers, it's hard. It's a hard game to you know, to disconnect that and, and just fully, fully commit, you know, to, to, I don't care about myself. I'm going full team, you know what I mean? Right. Right. And that makes sense. I mean, and it is, let's face it, it's a business. So I'm sure during the regular season guys are like, I got to get my numbers, man. But when it comes down to it, playoffs, it's, it is a team. Yeah. Cause you're just trying to eat, man. You're just trying to honestly, like guys like me, we're just trying to eat. Like we're trying to get a job the next year. I'm not talking about the, you know, the, the Tim Salmons and the, you know, the Erstads and, and guys like that, the Garrett Andersons. I mean, those guys know, hey, man, I go two for 24. I'm good. You know, right. it's, it's all right. I'll, I'm all right. You know, and, and I'm not saying that those guys work their butt off, but it's just a it's a different level of urgency. It's a different anxiety level that 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 a guy that's always up and down plays with. It's it's it's, it's difficult. Oh, it's got to be. Well, final thoughts on the day, uh, I guess, would be. You know what's going on in baseball for me. I think the biggest thing that I, I I'm looking at after this first week is how bad the defending world champion Boston Red Sox have been. Worst ERA in baseball. Um, you know between them 
and how bad the Cubs are, one in six. I'm like, what's going on, 2019? I know it's there's only, what, nine games in, but still, I guess you don't want to start that poorly, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, nobody wants to start off poorly, but it's – it's a it's a difficult thing, right? Like it's it's difficult to come, especially you know the Red Sox played, I don't know how many more games, right? Than than the other teams, and so you know you get into your off season later, you've got more innings in your arms, um, you have less time to rest. Then you're going right. to spring training. Um, some guys could be nicked up. Some guys, you you just there's so many factors that go into this, right? Or right, you know, guy gets hurt and doesn't have a chance to prepare like he usually does. And, and, and players are such, you know, in sports people in general, they're, 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 they basically want to be robots and be on a, uh, you know, this is my schedule. I do this, this, and this. And, and, and especially guys that are, that are, you know, these, these guys that, you know, are, are big time, you know, major league players, they, they know how to prepare themselves and get ready for the season. So, you know, just sometimes, you know, like we said earlier, the the media might panic. They might make a big deal out of it, but I guarantee there's no panic in that um, in that uh, dugout in that clubhouse. I know they got. You know, I played with Alex Core, the manager there. He's an awesome dude. Uh, Ron Renicky's the bench coach there, yeah. who's uh, you know was with the Angels as well. Um, I know th- those guys have seen it all, man. They've been around it, and and nobody's panicking. They know they just got to get there. They got 162 games. Right. You know, the, the, you got a big enough sample size. They're gonna be where they need to be at the end of the year. And um, you know, I I just think you know everything's magnified early, early on. Oh yeah, for sure. So as we wrap things up, Angels are two and six. However, it's early. It's real early. They won last night. Uh, they've got uh, Texas, two more with Texas. Then they go play Milwaukee and Chicago. So, um, yeah, I think things, uh, you know, if, if the pitching can, you know, kind of keep on track and some of these guys start hitting, I think the, I think the uh, Angels are going to be okay as well. Yeah, we're going to be okay. It's a long season. Let's, uh, you know, let's just, um, you know, be patient with them. I know they're, uh, you know, it's not a lack of effort. It's those guys are, are busting their butts i think you uh i think it's a uh, you know a lot of new not a lot of new pieces on that team they're trying to get comfortable and uh i i think they'll be okay i think they'll be all right but uh you know i really enjoyed doing this uh podcast with you matt this is uh this is awesome um, yeah adam it was great and you know what i like i like the fact that you you played the game you remember what it's like you know these guys and you know oftentimes you get a lot of former players who aren't going to be real about stuff and, uh, yeah, I think it's cool that you're real and you're, uh, you know, you're not afraid to say, eh, you know, be self-deprecating. So, hey, guys, if yeah. you enjoy if, if, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. And you can find us at Believe, B-L-E-A-V dot com and at Believe Podcasts. Again, that's B-L-E-A-V Podcasts. And Adam, you know, if these guys like us, um, I think they should rate us on iTunes. And in the description, they can write a question and we can answer it on our next show. Um, Hopefully the questions won't be, why are you doing it with Matt? (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, Really enjoyed it. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah. Have a great week. Let's go, Angels. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.